All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 127 of the Awakened Soul Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only, the illustrious CEO Hayes. <laughs> and uh, for anyone who wants to follow the podcast, go and follow us at Awakened Soul Pod or at the Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on where you're looking for us at. If you want to follow me personally, you can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's CEO H A I Z E. We have. Uh, the conclusion of our Discovering Yourself Through Divorce series with an author uh, who's written a book on on divorce. Uh, he has a podcast, Getting Over Divorce. He also hosts Cold Sports as well as the Revelations podcast. He's also, as you can see, he hosts three podcasts, much like me. Uh, so we have a lot in common there. For anyone who doesn't know who I'm talking about, the one and only Cole Johnson, who is also an executive at The Breaks Media. And we have a great conversation about his divorce, what he found out about himself, what he learned about like the divorce process. Um, us also talking about the importance of learning to love our black women. Um just a ton of other things that we talk about and it is honestly a great conversation it's long overdue for me and cole to be able to do an episode together uh i was so excited just the way that this one came out um i need to do a better job also at promoting um the fact that you can catch the full interviews of the awakened soul on the awakened souls youtube page as well as the breaks media youtube page if you guys want to actually see how some of these interviews go down we're going to be working on some more personal uh one-on-one in-person interviews as well exclusive to that youtube uh channel so yeah just just follows we're trying to be multifaceted over there um but enough is enough that's it we're going to go ahead and take a break to get into our intro and i'll catch you guys on the other side of this the following is a breaks media podcast You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. I'm back on my sister, don't fuck with me. Life is so good, it's so bubbly. Look at my past and it humble me. Vision abundance, so come with me. Playing this shit like a summer league. Playing this shit like a summer league. Playing this shit like a summer league. Don't know what got into me. I'm one in a billion. I've barely begun yet. I'm coming straight out of the bottom, I'm breathing the fire like dragons, I'm straight off the dungeon I'm watching the sunset, I need to reflect cause my thoughts are a little bit complex Hold on, wait a minute, I gotta get it, I'ma try while I'm living, never die with a vision And I'm killing them all like 25 is the minimum Levitate, elevate, I'm coming up, if the sky is the limit, I'm limited I want it, I got it, I'm getting it But this right here shows, all of the seeds that I plan to keep growing Maybe a little bit far from my home, maybe I'm way too far gone Maybe I never do wanna be known but let it be known I'm back on my system, don't fuck with me Life is so good, it's so bubbly Look at my past and it humble me Vision abundance, so come with me Playing this shit like a summer league Playing this shit like a summer league Playing this shit like a summer league yeah. Don't know what got into me yeah. They say money can't buy you happiness But money give me free time and that's when I'm happiest I don't need anybody telling me what happy is and shout out to people that turn all their backs on me. Yeah, I'm really just thanking you all. All right, so that was a song called Summer League, um, which I just, I just love. There's a, if, I know he's rapping fast, but if you slow down and you kind of listen to what he's actually saying, there's some good stuff in there. But um, welcome to the In the Mind of Hayes segment. This is usually where I talk about anything that's on my dark, twisted, or crazy-ass mind. This week, though, it's not really too dark and twisted. I know the last couple of weeks really haven't been too dark, uh, so we, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get that back into that dark place. Um, but I wanted to take some time out um, with the Breaks Media, and you know, like I was invited to a lot of conferences last year that I either spoke on. Um, I also had, you know, live shows myself. But it's always good when the people around you are recognized for something. So on the Breaks Radio, um, which is the hip hop podcast that we do for the Breaks Media, it's me myself. Me, myself. Why did I list myself twice? I don't know. Um, but it's me, Baylor the Great, and uh, Miss Mary Almonte. And so I want to take some time out to acknowledge Mary. First of all, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Mary has worked for BET. She's worked for Hot 97. Uh, she's been in this industry for a very long time, and she's extremely legit. The podcasting side of things was, was kind of new for her, though. Um, but she was actually invited to a conference for women in the podcasting space is called the glow um it's actually going down december 9th uh i i believe it's only uh you can only go by invitation and she was invited 
um, to go to that conference. And that's just a huge accomplishment. When you see, like, when we, when we created the Breaks Media, when we created this platform, we did want it to be an opportunity for people to shine, put people in better opportunities. It wasn't necessarily, like, um, uh, like I think th- like, there's a mindset around it that it was, like, meant to just house my podcast, as, and it wasn't. Um, you see, like, the Urban Sweet Talk is there um, and everything. And so with the acknowledgement that comes with it, um, the fact that she was invited to this conference um, and it's, and it's a global chance for people to network is going down in NYC. Um, was just, was a happy moment for me um, because it's like, you know, I'm glad people see it. I'm glad people see the work that, that everyone is putting in with this company that everyone's putting in um, with this platform that we're building. And the fact that she was invited out, I just wanted to take some time during the end of mine. Hey, segment to acknowledge uh, my partner and uh, my co-host from the breaks radio. And I know me and Baylor are just so proud of, of what she's been able to uh, do with podcasting. Um, And you'll see Mary, like actually probably take more of a leadership role, um, with the breaks radio because she is the legit one there and has all the connections. So this is just a time to acknowledge, um, my friend. Um, I also want to acknowledge BJ, uh, who his birthday and my daughter's birthday is on this, on the same day, November 5th. Um, I meant to do it on the last week's episode, got caught up. Um, so just happy born day, uh, to two of the people who are most important to me. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it on the Mind A segment uh, this week. I was going to talk a little bit about uh, the black voices of Trump and what went down there. Um, all I will say about that is the fact you pay attention um, because the fact that it went down in Atlanta um, <laughs> uh, and the fact that it's going down now, you know, when when Trump was elected, uh, he only only I think eight percent of black voters voted for him. And that he the fact that he's doing this now, this close to the election is fucking like every politician does shit like that so let, let, let me make it clear that i'm not saying like he's the only one who uh targets on a specific audience this close to the election because they're all going to do it but the fact that it went down in atlanta it just it rubs me the wrong fucking way and we've seen this guy as an opportunist the whole time uh he he doesn't really understand i don't think a lot of what the um black population of this culture called this country goes through or thinks or feels and you know he we all know like i'm not going to spend a a long time ranting about this um but i just want everyone uh, gearing into this elections to pay attention and not just with trump even like aoc and all all the politicians are going to do things to try to mislead and persuade you to vote for them and I really want everyone to do their due diligence this year um, when they are going to vote at the polls. That is your stamp of approval. You're putting that behind anyone you vote for. So you need to do your research for. I know I always drill this home and I know politics is scary for a lot of people, but really do your research leading to this election. There's been so much craziness from both sides of the political spectrum. And, you know, it's kind of hard to, to wane your way through and to figure out what's real and what's not. Pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. So we're going to go ahead and get, get into our break. We're actually going to the rundown uh, from JB, and I'll catch you guys on the other side. Now say your man song. Let's get the goings going on before the chance comes. Next stop, oh, so turn it around. Let me see something. What is going on, beautiful people? It is your boy, the prodigal one, JB, back at it again with another episode of The Rundown, where I bring to you a different topic each and every week. So this week, I'm not going to go into my book of news as you used to. No, I'm going to go a different route this week. There have been many inventions and creations throughout the years. Some have been, you know, good things, some bad things. Some have come and gone, and some have been game changers. I happened to be on Facebook earlier this week. And I saw an ad, and it literally jumped out at me. Now, as we all know, the GoPro was invented for those adrenaline junkies and outdoorsy people. You know, to capture all the great moments of skydiving, parasailing, whitewater rafting, and, you know, etc. Well, the cam world and the GoPro world has gone into the next level. Now, a company in the UK has added a new device to this space. Introducing the, I I can't believe I'm going to actually say this, but the cock cam. Yeah, you heard me right cock cam i'm going to basically go ahead and read this ad directly as it says on their website welcome to the world's first cock ring with a camera capture your climax yes it's exactly what it sounds like a revolutionary sex toy that allows you to record all of your erotic moments 
at never seen before angles store and view videos on your mobile device through the secure mobile app taking your sexy home videos to the next level ios and android compatible the kakam makes the perfect addition to your collection try using it with your toys and get creative there you have it that's directly from their website now you know when i was a kid and i saw back to the future 2 i'm sure a lot of you have saw it I always used to wonder what would this future be like? What what would it be like in the future? Never in my wildest imagination did I ever think in 2019 we'd have some of the things we have. When I was a kid, I always thought by 2019 we'd have flying cars and hoverboards just like we saw in the Back to the Future movie. Again, never in my wildest dreams did I ever expect us to have a camera for literally your penis. Thank God this is an invention in 2019 and not from like 1989. Can you imagine this in 1989? Attaching one of those gigantic shoulder camcorders, those big JVC things. Imagine attaching one of those onto your, well, you you get the picture. So let me just go into some of the features of this thing. It allows up to 90 minutes of recording before the battery dies. I'm not sure if they did any market research. I don't think so because if they did, they'd find out about 80% of men will only need 5 minutes of those 90 minutes. Let's be real. Also, it has Wi-Fi and you can store footage in your phone. That's just basically a recipe for disaster. I wonder how long it's going to take before someone hacks this shit and we have penis videos all over the internet. It's, it's only a matter of time. Now, also, they state that their device can overheat, and if you feel any discomfort, to take it off and contact someone. What the hell? No one is trying to fry their eggplant. Crazy, crazy side effect. That alone is a turnoff for this product, in my opinion. There's also other things going on. They're saying you can send videos kind of like FaceTime, you know, kind of like video to video. This basically is an upgrade from the usual penis pics people are used to sending nowadays. Now we have FaceTime, more like penis time, if you know what I mean. This is the cock cam. I would have probably called it the HoPro or Cum Cam. It's a little more catchy, but I digress. I also went to their website and I went to their FAQ page. And there's one specific thing that kind of, um, you know, I kind of noticed. And basically what the FAQ uh, was asking was, is this product waterproof? I'm going to read to you verbatim what it says is the product waterproof the silicone cock ring is waterproof and the camera is splash proof the silicone ring is designed to cover the camera it protects the camera against small amounts of moisture never submerge the camera in water or expose it to large amounts of liquid never expose it to large amounts of liquid do they really understand how this whole thing works i don't think so i think there's going to be exposure to liquid anyhow it's not really all bad news According to their website, it keeps you erect for a really long time. And I know Viagra is going to hate that. I mean, it's direct competition. It's a war. Let the war for hard-ons begin. Now, also, you know what they say about cameras? I mean, we all know the saying about cameras, how camera can add 10 pounds. The less in doubt are going to absolutely be floored and absolutely love this fact. Now, personally, I think it's great for those who are into this stuff. I mean, February 7th is less than three months away. I can totally see this being a Super Bowl commercial, right in between like a Doritos commercial and a State Farm commercial, and then bam, there you have it, the cock cam, right there in the middle of the Super Bowl. Now, I unfortunately won't be a customer, but hey, maybe someone else there will be. Ladies listening, is this something you'd want your partner to have? Let me know on Twitter. I can be reached at the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P-1-J-B. And that is a wrap for this week's edition of The Rundown. We'll see you next week. Peace. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Awakened Soul. We are finally completing our Discovering Yourself Through Divorce series. And we had two amazing women on the first two episodes. It was started by Cliché. And then I had Hype Williams on who added just great in- in- insights to through their divorce and what they learned about themselves throughout. And the whole purpose of the series is really to not really harp on the negative of divorce is to kind of find kind of the, the positive in it. And so for that, I luckily have access to a friend, a business partner, someone who's also an executive on the breaks radio who hosts the revolutions podcast, Cole sports revelations. I'm sorry. Who's a blog writer, author Cole. What don't you do? Mr. Cole Johnson. <laughs> Uh, sometimes sleep. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure to be on the awakened soul. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate the, the invite. Oh man. Anytime it's, it's, 
long overdue, and this is like the perfect series uh, to have you in, man, really, because I don't know anyone who, A, has written a book basically about divorce or who's just a, a wealth of knowledge on it, man. So I appreciate you taking time out your day for this. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem, man. Whatever question you may have about the subject of divorce, I'm all open for it. <laughs> all right, before we get into the uh, divorce topic itself, like, I do want to talk because, you know, we you are the only uh, person who is an executive at the Burks uh, Media who has not been on the podcast. So we announced it a little while ago. Um, you and we had our, our conference call yesterday just talking about things we're going to do in 2020. We're not going to release any of those secrets. But um, I, I, I want to personally thank you for joining uh, the Burks Media and to not only just join it in a capacity of having your podcast as part of it, but uh, to to deal with my shit <laughs> and other people's shit to be an executive and just to really shape the future of the Berks media. So I appreciate you for that, man. Well, well, it's an honor to uh, have someone say, you know what, you 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 seem to have a head for where we want to go. I think we want to have you to be not just a part of the brand, but to actually have a a, a big say in it. So uh, I take this as an, as an honor and. Uh, Man, thank you again. Thank you again for having me be part of the family. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, man, anytime. And fam family is the perfect word there because that's what we want to be as a family, um, yeah. move as a unit. And, you know, we got some exciting things coming. We're, we're done teasing that because I know y'all nosy people want to know. You're going to have to wait and see. The proof's going to be in the pudding, <laughs> um, as they say. <laughs> uh, so first, more about you. Uh, how, what originally made you want to pick up the mic and start podcasting? You know, I, <laughs> for the longest time, people kept saying to me, you know, you have a voice for radio. You have a voice to do commercials. You could do voiceovers. And I, I, I didn't believe him. I had a horrible relationship with my voice. Could not stand it. Hated <laughs> it. And then uh, one fateful winter's day, uh, happened to marry a, a communications major and, <laughs> and, a, and a communications exec. And so she was actually producing her own radio show at the time. And she saw that I was basically not busied. And she said, yeah, I think I have an idea for you. Why don't you come over here for a second? And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> not not the, I think we should talk moments. I'm like, oh, boy. So she introduced this idea that I should do a sports show because I have a wealth of knowledge in sports and that I have a great voice for it. And I was like, okay, fine, no problem. So... She says, all right, I'll give you 30 minutes to write a two-minute segment. Here you go. And, the, and your clock starts now. And I'm like, uh, but, but wait a minute. What, what do you want me to write about? Uh, what, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant? Uh, <laughs> what, uh, NBA execs acting a fool? Uh, NFL playoffs? What, what do you want me to write about? Not, come up with anything. doesn't matter. Just something sports-related. And right now, your clock is running. 30 minutes. Yeah, I got to have a two-minute segment. I'm like, okay, fine. So I write the segment, and I can't remember what the segment was. It was around the time, you know, NFL started their playoffs. And so I did the two minutes, and the next thing I know, I ended. I just ended by saying, I'm Cole Johnson, and this is Cole Sports. And as soon as I did that, my wife's eyes bucked. <laughs> and she was like, <gasps> What was that that came out of your mouth? What what was that? What how did you know how to do that? How did you know how to do that? I have trained I have trained professionals to have a personality behind the mic. You did it on the first try. I slid a mic in your mouth. How, okay. You have to create a show and that's the name of your show. That's the name of your show and every time you do your show you have to do that hook. Oh boy. So I got to do this hook. Yeah, do that do that hook. Cause hard. Do that hook because that <laughs> hook is money. Fine. Okay. So what's messed up is that was in 2012, exactly four winters later. That's when I started the podcast. Wow. So I could have had a podcast that was seven years or, or close to eight years old, but it's only four or close to four. And so I started that journey in 2016 and then I just had the itch to start more and wanted to do an interview uh, based podcast that ended up being revelations that started in 2017. And then uh, why I'm on this show now, I <laughs> wrote a book and then I just had the, the unction to actually do a podcast based on it. It's called get over divorce. And that started over the summer. So yeah, three podcasts and I'm actually the voice and in, in the interviewer for a fourth. So yeah, it's, yeah. 
it's 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 crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, man. It's it's crazy how you get caught up in all of it because you have three. I have four podcasts I do now, and I'm just like, how did this? How did I also have a love hate relationship with my voice? Mainly hate. Uh, some other people love it. I hate my voice to this day when I edit. I I don't do much to my own voice. Like mostly on my podcast. Probably my guest voice sound better than me because I go in and EQ and everything. I hate hearing my own voice that much to where I won't do much to it. Mm. Well, I, I guess, well, since, well, I now have two solo shows, I had to get over the, I hate this. I'm not <laughs> going to even touch it. So when I actually did the mixing, mastering, and the editing of my voice, I actually ended up liking it. Yeah. You know, to the point where it's like, hmm. If I say it this way, that sounds good. If I say it this way, nah, that doesn't sound so good. So don't do that again. But this, do that again. Try to do it the <laughs> same way again. Yeah. So I've actually become a, a purveyor and a studier and a and a and a student of my own voice. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. Oh man. But we are here to talk about divorce. And I just want to throw out a statistic there. Uh I don't know how up to date this is. This is just the most recent I could find. So it says that over fifty percent of all marriages in the United States ended ended divorce. And forty one percent of first marriages in in all first marriages end in divorce. What first comes to your mind when you hear that? The first thing that comes to my mind is it's really simple. Uh, I really don't think people really grasp what love truly is uh, because we we have this romanticized both men and women. Mm. We both have this romanticized view of what a marriage is and what love is, and we think. Quite frankly, we think of it in very narcissistic and selfish terms. You know, if we don't get our stuff and we don't get our way, then we need to bounce and go somewhere else. And and as time has gone on, like when I was coming up, divorces were becoming a little easier to to get out of. But in my parents' generation, it was almost unheard of. So uh, you had these relationships, and I would when I would grow up here, how these couples would stay together for 30, 40, 50 years. And, and they would all tell their story and say, well, it wasn't all easy. You know, we had our battles, every last one of them. Mm -hmm. But those, those statistics, when I hear it, I, I really do believe it's like, um, you got people who in this day and time, they don't really want to stick to it for the long haul. They don't want to really roll up their sleeves and fight and work because, Let's be completely forthright. Love is work and relationships are work. And if you don't think it's work, then you should have no no business being in one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's a saying, I can't remember which wrestler said it, um, but they said that love is a work, which means it has a different connotation when you're a wrestling fan, when you say something is right. a work. Um, right. And I, I look at at first when I heard it, I'm like, oh, that's funny. But when you think about it, it kind of it kind of makes sense. Um, love is actually absolutely work. It's it's an action word. I actually tweeted out something today, and it was not anything to do with us recording. But I want to kind of bring up something. Like I I brought up the fact that so many people look at someone or look at somebody that they're interested in and and judge them based off what are their qualities to be a husband or wife. And many times, often that same person who's looking at that other person or, or wondering what they if they if they'll be a good husband or wife doesn't slow down to really evaluate if they themselves are even ready for marriage or ready to be somebody's partner. Do you think that contributes a lot to why marriages, especially so many first marriages, fail? Definitely, uh, definitely, because I think now we're seeing more and more homes where they, they you know, the the offspring are growing up and they don't have two parents in the house. Mm -hmm. You know, so they they see it now as only one parent. And I'm not saying that single parent homes is the single driving force as to why we have more divorces. No, but I do think it is the single driving force as to why we having more reluctance with people when they become adults to actually step in and actually have a healthy relationship. Mm. Don't even have to do go into the marriage realm. I'm just saying just a healthy relationship because uh, you have to learn about yourself and you do learn a lot, a lot about yourself in relationships and you have no choice, but to learn about yourself in marriage. Yeah. And, and those are daunting things. And when you, when you feel the, when you feel the relationship heat, people like to simply get out that kitchen and say, you know, going solo is the best way to roll. And you, you're having more and more people who think that way. 
Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that um, with a divorce, you know, we always hear about women and a lot of times it's pointed as it's almost automatically looked at if a marriage fails. It's like, what did he do? What did the male do? Mm -hmm. Do you think that it makes a man hesitant to admit that a marriage is failing because they don't want to be looked at as the reason why their their family fell apart? It is. It, it is. I mean, it, look. We we let, let, let's be completely forthright. We're men. We have egos. Yeah. I mean, it's just there's just no getting around it. We we have egos, and we don't want to be the cause of something to go left. And once we face that, it's a bitter pill to swallow. So yeah, you do have you do have more and more men in today's society coming up, and they're saying, mm, you know, this marriage thing. No, no, and you're having more say, you know, I think I can deal with a a, a a long-term relationship and not get into marriage, you know, like yeah. the the relationship that uh, Stedman Graham and Oprah Winfrey have, <laughs> you know, the, you're seeing more of those, you know, yeah. long-term relationships, but they don't marry. And it's to me an easy way out and a cop out personally. Okay. I agree with that. I think yeah. that I, I don't know if it's a fear of divorce uh, because it, I think do people do think people have, marriage PTSD that maybe weren't ever married before. Like just seeing your parents' marriages fail or the people down mm -hmm. the street see that like marriages dissolve so much. I think people think, well, if we don't officially tie the night, the knot, it'll keep us from getting to that point. And it really doesn't. I mean, if a relationship is going to fail, it's going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what it is. It's, it's not necessarily a stage of relationship or, or, or uh, status of it. It really is about the human beings involved, mm -hmm. because no matter what stage, it takes two people to work that relationship out. And if if the two of you are not invested, it's going to show and people are going to see on the outside of the four walls of your house. And you're going to want to either bounce or learn more about yourself and stick to it. Uh, but, yeah, you're, you're seeing more people be hesitant. Because it is a struggle, and it can be a struggle to properly love somebody else. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, to get into the more positive side, I always start off with this question. Um, what did you learn about yourself through divorce that may, that you probably didn't recognize that a strength that you had before. Man, I'm one tough sucker. I'm <laughs> one tough sucker. And, 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 and I say that not necessarily in a braggadocious manner. And I knew I could, you know, I, I, I can take a punch. I knew that. But taking an emotional punch is a little different than taking a physical one because, well, you know, we as men, we're built to be more physical. We have that, we have that nature about us almost innately. But when it comes to emotion, well, let's be completely forthright. Women are a lot stronger in that area than men are. Okay. And, uh, you know, for me, I learned that I can take a pretty good emotional punch and keep on going. Uh, and and of course, I learned many other lessons, you know, one one of which is, you know, life is not over, even though it feels like it at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but life is not over. Perseverance is an absolute uh, lifesaver for someone who has gone through divorce. And I've lived that. Uh, an, another big lesson probably would be that you can rip that scarlet letter off of you. People want to place the scarlet letter of D on you, mm -hmm. and and whenever you say you're divorced, you 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 you're looked up, you're looked at as damaged goods when you date again. But you can take that, you can take that letter and just rip it completely off of you because. You don't have to live divorced. You can ju you can just live as a person who has gone through it, mm -hmm. and and outgrown it, and has and has learned the lessons from it, and is better for it. And if you're healthy enough, that's where you want to be. You want to say, you know, yeah, I, I had a I had a relationship and a marriage that went awry, and you know it happens. Uh, you know, no 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 hard feelings to the ex. I, you know, I pray she has no hard feelings toward me. I can move on. And my life is not in shambles. I don't crack, cower in a corner and cry and say, oh, I'm divorced. Oh, woe is me. I don't, I don't feel that energy anymore. And, and, and going through that, licking those wounds and healing, uh, it, it made me understand that, yeah, I can, I can really, really, really take a good emotional punch. Yeah. And what what how did the shift happen 
and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I kind of assume because I think it has to happen for everyone. The shift happened where you stopped being obligated or feeling like your obligations were in the marriage or in the marriage failing, and you shifted that towards focusing on your own happiness. It took, for me, it was, I had a, speaking of statistics, I had a, a fellow divorcee right at the beginning of when I got divorced say to me that it takes 18 months for an average person to really be healthy enough to date again after the divorce is final in their marriage. So it was, that was about right because I was not really in a great spot and place. I would, I would dare say just to be on the safe side, two years. Okay. And yes, and yes, I dated in between that time because I'm like, ah, no, I I'm well enough. And then discover, no, I'm not (laughs) (laughs) damaged goods and I'm and and I'm close to damaging other people because of my baggage. So no. Okay. Uh, by the time I got to the two year mark and I looked at myself and I didn't, well, I didn't, I didn't attach the word hoe to my ex-wife or slut to my ex-wife or tramp to my ex-wife. Uh, I had no longer blamed her for 100% of the marriage going sour, mm-hmm. you know, or, or the stuff that she did do that was foul to me. I, I no longer, I no longer really had any place in my heart for it and for her in it. So the moment I did that and the moment I actually had to look myself in the mirror and say, you know what, buddy, that relationship that you, you throw the, throw the whole weight of blame onto your ex-wife. You know why the relationship really failed? You're looking at him. Mm. You, you're the reason why that relationship failed. That was the moment I turned the corner. Okay. What, how, so you said it took you about two years to get to that place? Yeah, it took about two years. About two years. And it would have taken shorter amount of time, but like when you, when you get in the wrong headspace and you feel as though you have this wrong mentality of, well, to get over a relationship, get underneath another one. Yeah. Uh, that, that delays your healing. And then once you did get to that place, I assume that you got to the place of the next step after that was, all right, now I have to rebuild who Cole is. What was the first thing you did to rebuild yourself? The first thing I did to rebuild myself was I learned, okay, what are the things you love to do? It doesn't have to make money. If it does, that's all the better. But what makes you happy? You have to do what makes you happy. And if people look at you, even at your advanced age and say, you shouldn't be doing that, just shake your head at them because they're not living your life. They're not in your shoes. They haven't even walked a foot, let alone a mile in them. And you do you. So you got to find out what you love to do. And it could be as inane and as silly as it could possibly be to the rest of the world, but it doesn't matter because it makes you happy. It fulfills you. It pours into you. And that was a big lesson to learn because I understood that before I didn't even invest in pouring into me. Mm-hmm. So when I got that understanding of, yeah, do what you're passionate about and dive in it head first. Yeah, it, it just made me a better person all the way around. Makes sense. Do you... um? you say get into like the things you love and make yourself a better person all the way around. And mm-hmm. and you also mentioned earlier when you stopped referring to your ex as certain names mm-hmm. that weight off your shoulders. Like, did you, did, did people notice that change in you? Do people say, you know what? You seem like you're really happy right now. You know, I don't hate to go to the, the typical thing of like you're glowing or something. I don't think us men ever get that anyway, but did you get, did you get comments like that from the people around you? I did. Uh, I did. And it was funny. I received some of those compliments Right about the time my separation was was happening, mm-hmm. but I noticed those those compliments went away. And no, it wasn't glowing. It was you have this look of peace of uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 this 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 look of contentment on your face. That is what I heard a lot of. Okay. So I heard a lot of I heard a lot of that when the marriage was in the beginnings of the dissolution stage. I didn't hear any of that until the two year mark, and then after. I started to really do what I loved. I started to hear more and more of that. And it was, it was good to hear because I, 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 I felt I was going in the right direction and not to say that it, you know, that the passions of my life was the magic elixir. No, you're human. You still go back. You still, you still slide into those, those old behaviors because it's like, Oh, okay. So this is an area I got to really take care of. 
most of the time I was great, but there were some times I slipped back and said, uh, no, nah, no, 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 you got to clean that up. And yeah, it was basically the, 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 the compliment I got was, yeah, you have a good look of peace or you have this peaceful contentment about you. I received a lot of those compliments around that time. Okay. That's fair. Do you, and, and uh, I'm sorry that I, I don't know this. Do you and your ex-wife share any children together? Uh, no, we don't no. share any children. Okay. Um, so you guys were able to, you guys don't, didn't have ties. Do you think that, did that make it easier as well that you didn't have to keep seeing your ex? I think it made it a little easier. It, it, it made it easier for me mm-hmm. if the relationship was at the, be- uh, the the divorce part of the relationship was at its beginning. Okay. Like like that two year stretch, it would have been a lot harder for me to really get over then in that short amount of time. It would have taken probably a little longer for me, but I know I would have gotten to this stage. Okay. Even if we had children, I know that for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah. who's Cole now versus who Cole was when he was married? Well, I've since remarried, so, so oh uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, shout out to the current wife. Uh, <laughs> Cole now is a guy who who decided to dive into those passions, and now those passions are paying him back, and and it's it's fulfilling him one hundredfold. And he is a he is a lover of life, and it took a while to get to that point. Uh, and he is one who wants to help people who have endured those types of pains, like a divorce. Mm-hmm. He's one who wants to, uh, you know, give forth entertainment, have, put smiles on faces, make people think, uh, and, and make people feel good about themselves just by my presence around them. Uh, the cold during my first marriage was one, and I mean, I still have a little bit of this of myself. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a hardcore introvert, uh, <laughs> uh, but I was even more of a hardcore introvert. It was like, uh, I, you know, look, I got my house. I have my woman. I'm good. Now it's just, it's just time for us to just do us. Yeah. And, and I really, I really do not care about anybody. And that includes family members. Didn't care about family members. Didn't care about friends. Didn't care about enemies. Didn't care about coworkers. It was just, you know, wifey and me. And that was that. And I didn't, I didn't have any passions and I didn't live life. I just existed. Ooh, that's a, that's deep. That's yeah. deep. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of us get caught in that and whether it be relationships or anything, it's it sucks to just exist. It really mm-hmm. does to just be in that place. Um, so with you being remarried, um, if you had to give yourself a completely objective rating of Cole as a spouse in his first relationship versus Cole in his current marriage, mm. out of 100, what rating are you giving yourself? Okay. The first marriage, I'd probably give myself um, 70. Okay. And the reason why I say that is, I, I mean, I, I did things right, but I, you know, I have to, I have to own up and, and say, yeah, I did a a few things wrong too. And, and I didn't love my ex-wife the way she deserves. And I have to understand that there is somebody on this planet who, whether I think it's true or not, whether I believe it or not, can honestly say, I gave you an opportunity to love me and I don't love you anymore. And I don't find you lovable. Mm. I have to take that. That's an L I got to take and run with. Okay. You know, so because of that, I say 70, I'd probably even lower the grade and give me a failing grade. Uh, this marriage, I'd probably say 80. I, I'm good, but I do have room to improve. Okay. Uh, and, and, and every day I, I strive to improve. And, you know, my, my, my current wife is a better fit for me. Uh, no question about that. And I'm a better fit for a mate period. And I learned a lot of good lessons. And I've applied many of them and I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me happy about that. For me to say, if I were to say that, if I were to give myself a perfect score, that would mean that I have nothing to learn. And exactly. that's the case. I would have no room to grow and I would be a bad, bad, bad partner for somebody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would say, yeah, I would say 80 and I'm growing and I'm learning more about myself and I'm learning more about my wife and I'm learning more about how to be a better husband to my current wife. And I'm learning how to be 
a better husband outside of the marriage and actually give myself my resources, my time and, and my knowledge to others. And I'm enjoying the, the, the fruits of spreading myself to other people. Absolutely. And that's something that you do with your podcast and like having a podcast built around divorce. What, Mm -hmm. what's been the reaction to that? Like, is it, has it been like people coming and trying to unload their things to you where you're ever kind of like, bruh, like you, you, you're, you're messing up here. Or is it like, do you find that people are honestly trying to come listen or whatever to heal and to become better people? Uh, I get three, I get three different responses. And you mentioned, you mentioned two of them. The okay. first one I, I have gotten, man, check, man, check this, check this <laughs> out, man. This, this witch over here, man, look, I'm telling you, she she did me wrong. Or this this a hole over here just don't know how to do nothing, man. He he's just a dirty dog. I mean, I've heard those things. Mm-hmm. I've also heard I've also heard the, you know, I'm so glad there's a resource like this. Let me tell you how my divorce happened, and I did not know that person was divorced, and and it would open it would open them up, and it would of course open us up to having even a stronger relationship and friendship that has been powerful. And that's the, that's really the biggest reason why I wanted to create that platform. So I can have others say, you know, something being divorced is not a bad thing. You know, it's, 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 when I say it's not a bad thing, it doesn't have to consistently be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once it happens, yes, it's a bad thing. But if you're committed to working on yourself and working on loving yourself, it turns into one of the biggest lessons you could ever learn and, 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 and springboard your life off of. Now, the third reaction I get is, man, that voice of yours is something else. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, thank you, but that's not why I'm doing it. <laughs> but thank you all the same. <laughs> you gotta love it, man. You gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, people are so funny. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and I, and you know, I know I have listeners who are white, black, Hispanic, everything. But I'm a black man. You're a black man, and gotta mm-hmm. ask this question: What's okay. something that you've noticed or that you see that us as black men can do better to prepare ourselves to be good spouses? One of the things that I really believe we as black men can do better. Uh, to be better husbands and better spouses for our wives is especially if you have a love and a desire for black women like you do. And like I do, Mm -hmm. you have to look at this woman and understand that this is a jewel that is before you. Mm. This is a jewel that's in front of you. And, And we, we, with the music that's out with, with, with media that's out both social and mainstream we get with, with literature, we get bombarded with the fact that we don't know how to treat. And I'm talking about black men in general, don't know how to treat anybody, period, men or women. We, we don't know how to like we, we have no idea. Like, I have no idea how to treat you <laughs> and you have no idea how to treat me mm. simply because we have melanin on our skin. Yeah. You know, and and to me that it's frustrating and, and, and it's angering. And I think what happens is we we see all of these images and we read all of this garbage and gunk and junk. We in, we we internalize that. The problem with that is we love to not share that. And then we look at everybody else as the enemy. Well, one of those one of those entities who happens to be the enemy that you see happens to be a black woman and when you when you direct that poison and that ire toward her don't be surprised what you get back is going to be 10 times worse than what you're giving off because one they don't deserve it two you you're you're attacking an innocent person and bystander and three you're attacking the greatest resource a black man has on the earth exclamation point end of story so we have to understand that we're looking at diamonds when we see black women. We're, we're looking at jewels when we see black women. We're looking at royalty when we see black women. And if we look at them and treasure them and look at them as treasures, we will we will treasure them <laughs> and we will look at them differently. We will respect them for what they were supposed to be respected for. Mm. 
you know, they give life. I mean, just think about it. They give life. Yeah. You know, one, one of those wonderful, beautiful beings gave life to you. You know, one of those women gave life to me. One of those wonderful women gave life to you. And we as men, we, we, we sometimes turn off that understanding and turn on the, well, I just have to get the snatch. Yeah. And, and and just have this base understanding of what it is to have a relationship and just reduce a woman to nothing but a body part. And that's unfair to them. And that's insulting to them. Yeah. So we have to do a much better job of realizing that a wife is truly what they say in the Bible. She is a crown on a man's head. And if you really do understand that, you will treat her with the you will treat her with the reverence that she so richly, so rightfully, and so utterly deserves. Mm-hmm. I agree. With, you just drop drop the mic and walk the hell off, Cole. You, you <laughs> yeah, that that's it. Like I I don't even know how we can follow that. Up. We like damn that that's that's powerful and all, but it everything you said there makes sense, and I hope that the people listening take that to heart because that is something that. I think us as men mature late on that generally. I'm not going to categorize yeah. everyone, but yeah, we we learn very later in life to stop looking at women for what we can obtain from them and that switch hits of what we can give back to them because they give us so much. Um, yeah. And the power of the black woman is just, I say it all the time, it's amazing. It, it, and when you really sit and think about like how they ha- have had to lift us up rightfully and unrightfully throughout his, mm-hmm. our history, it's just you know, you can never, you can never count a black woman out. Never. I, I will do say, it. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and yeah, I don't either. Look, I came from you, just like you, I came from one, uh, you came from one. And I can, I can tell you, man, one of the most enlightening conversations I've ever had has been when I talked to my mother-in-law about how she regards men. And when I heard this woman speak about the reverence of black men, and I'm and I mean deep reverence. I mean from the look of him to the to the mentality of the hard work ethic, yeah. to the mentality of his brain and how he thinks, to the the fact that he he is a protector and a and a shade tree for the women who who love him. The reverence that I heard this woman talk about black men just made me say, wow. <laughs> I, I I really hit the mother load in in marrying such a woman to have her mother talk so glowingly about about black men. And when you hear that, man, your whole your whole mentality about women changes. It, it just changes, and it has to change because you you want to pour into a woman like that so much, and unfortunately, I think we don't see that often. We we don't get we don't get we don't get to see how how a woman, re- a black woman for sure, really loves a black man, and and they're willing to tell us. But I really believe we have the blinders on and we have the we have the the earplugs in too. And and you're right, we seem to mature a lot later in that understanding. And man, I tell you, if you really want to know black men how what what black men women really think about you beyond the hurt that we have placed upon them let them be vulnerable and when they are and i say this about women especially black women the most beautiful part about a woman is her vulnerability when she gets vulnerable it's not when we take advantage of her that's when we're supposed to pour more into her we're supposed to reward her by protecting her by providing for her by being the center of giving her the opportunity to grow from that because her vulnerability is her greatest strength. And if she could be the greatest strength to you, take that run with it and protect it because that is a gift that nobody else on this earth could give you. Yeah. The fact that we're gifted black women is just, we don't deserve them, bro. We don't deserve them. Uh, I agree. We don't. Um, I got nothing else. I have do have this quote, and I want to know your thoughts on it. And then mm-hmm. we're we're done after this. And funny enough, this came from Louis C.K. 
but mm-hmm. I, I and just doing research. <laughs> but it, it's funny though. Uh, well, it's not mm-hmm. funny. Uh, so it might be funny. It came from Louis C.K. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, the quote is: "Divorce is always good news." I know that sounds weird, but it's true because no good marriage has ever ended in divorce. That would be sad. If two people were married and they just had a great thing and then they got divorced, that would be really sad. But that happened zero times. What do you think mm. about that? He's right. Uh, you know, <laughs> what who we may think of the guy, he's right. He's right. Uh, the the one thing that I I had to learn is I came from a product of two people who still are absolutely positively in love with each other, definitely more now than they did when they met. And they'll be celebrating 48 years in April. So I was a product of that. I also was a product of one of those members of my parental set who endured a divorce too. So when you have two people who are willing to commit to the grind, because I'm going to be completely forthright, Marriage is a grind. Mm. It is a grind. Think about anybody. Do you love to be around everybody or anybody every waking second of your life? I know for me, the answer to that question is no, no, no. And that includes my wife and that and my wife will say the same thing about me. However, you have to make that commitment every day to choose that person. And when you wake up one day and you don't make that commitment to choose that person, Mm then you go down that road of divorce that, you know, and that's what happened to me. I mean, I, I woke up every day choosing my ex-wife and the day I woke up and I chose my ex-wife one day, she woke up and didn't choose me. Mm. And you know what? Like I said earlier, that's an L I got to take. She woke up. She didn't look at me with the same reverence as, as she did when we got married and you know, now we're divorced, you know, but, I look at that woman and I don't look at her as a tramp or a hoe or a slut or any of that nature because she isn't any of those things. She's a wonderful woman, wonderful black woman, I may add. Gorgeous, wonderful black woman. She just so happens to not fit the romantic me. And I so happen to not fit the romantic her. And that's okay. That happens. That happens. I'm fortunate enough and it, and I'm blessed enough to have that now where I have a partner who wakes up and chooses me and I wake up, and choose her. Yes. But I'm more blessed that I got a chance to do that and not say my current wife is the bandaid to my ex-wife. Mm, okay. Because, because I did the work to not have her be a replacement because I didn't need a replacement. I just needed to know who I was. I need to know Cole Johnson you know, what makes, what makes him tick? What makes him love life? What makes him love women? Like you heard earlier, what makes me love black women? Because those, those are the women I love the most, you know, what makes me love them? Okay. And what makes me not like them? Because there's some things that they do that I don't like. And I know there's some things I do that they don't like. I know that, know that intimately about yourself and walk that further. And so when I hear a quote like that, he's right. I think personally, you have to be committed to waking up every single day saying, you know what, baby, like, <laughs> like the UGK song with, with, uh, with Big Boy and, and, and Three Stacks. I choose you, babe. You have to wake up every day with that sentiment in mind. And if you don't, you're in trouble because life is so hard doing it alone. Mm. i I've done it. I can do it again. I don't want to do it again. It is so hard doing it alone. It is so much more enjoyable doing it with somebody who says, out of all the people on this planet, I love you the most. I choose being with you the most. I choose you to share all of the wonderful gifts that life has to offer. That is what makes life enjoyable. But I wouldn't have appreciated any of that or the wife I have now. If I didn't give those types of jewels, those types of gifts and that type of love to myself first. I want to give you a standing ovation. Like I, I you just motivated. <laughs> like it, if you guys are listening to this and you didn't just stand up in your chair wherever you are, you're not doing it right. You need to rewind it and <laughs> listen to it again because this man just gave you several sermons, several of them. <laughs> I want to Cole, man. Thank you so much, man. I, I honestly I'm not just this is no cap, as the young people say. I honestly want to thank you because 
this is so much more than even what I thought the series could have turned into. And this was a great capper and a great way to end it. And like so much insight. I know you could probably go on for another hour. We can have another another mm-hmm. three episodes about this, especially when we're talking about our black women and especially when yes. we start talking about how we need to mature as lovers, as men, because guess what? Mm-hmm. As men, we're not taught how to love someone else. We're Ooh, damn near no, not, not taught we're damn near not taught how to love ourselves enough. Yes. And then how how and then I, how can we go out and give someone all of us when we haven't even had the ability to find all of us? And I think that us as black men we don't admit that enough. It looks it, we we're looked down upon by saying we're still trying to discover ourselves. We're still trying to get in touch with how to love. We're still trying to get in touch with our own emotions, but it's true. It's just we don't we didn't get a chance to develop that usually the same way women do. So, yeah, unfortunately, we are in our 30s still discovering so much more about ourselves. Mm-hmm. But somehow black women still find a way to love us through it. They Ooh, still yeah, find a way. To, they still find, find a way to deal with it. They still they may they may suck their teeth and grit their teeth and and go off on us from time to time. But guess what? Mm. At the end of all that, they still love us. Mm. And that's powerful. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That that totally speaks to the power they possess. The fact that they know we are screwed up. Yeah. They know it. They see it. And unfortunately, with many of them, they've reared it. But they understand it. And still, even with that understanding, they need us to step up huge. Yeah. They need us to step up huge. Man, that's I, I got nothing left, man. You got anything left on your heart that you want to get out before we go? Well, the only thing I have to say that that <laughs> that I hope it it, it 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 blesses all of you is that if you're going through a divorce, your life is not over. I guarantee you, I am living proof. I have gotten to the other side of it, and I'm talking about I've gotten to the point where I have cursed out my ex-wife. I've gotten to the point where I have thought that I have thought that she has been many, many other words on this program. I have not said that's a lot worse <laughs> than what I have put forth. And the ones that I've said on this episode is bad enough. I, I, I have bargained with God. <laughs> I have tried to deny that I was going through it. I've been through every single step of divorce. I have survived it and I am thriving in it because I now have gotten a chance to love again and the first person I got a chance to love again is me. And before you step into a relationship with anybody else, love yourself first. You are worthy of it. Woman, you are worthy of it. Man, you're worthy of it. You are worthy of love and you're worthy of loving yourself. So before you put a baggage of yours on anybody else's doorsteps, get rid of yours and find why it is you are so loving and lovable on this planet. Look in that mirror and know that you can take that responsibility of however the marriage ended, but you can also look at that mirror and say, you know what, through the faults and the flaws, I still love you. And in fact, I'm going through the journey of loving you even better and loving you even more. Mm. You do that, your relationship with everybody will improve exponentially i guarantee it ladies and gentlemen that has been one of the best episodes of this podcast ever period point blank if Uh, you don't listen get done listening to this you don't go hug a black woman even if it's your mama you didn't do it right um cole tell the people where they can listen to you find you and check you out and and everything that you work on all right well you can find get over divorce at well you find all of the podcasts i do on all major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play. You can find them on all those. But also, you can find Get Over Divorce at Pippa.io. You can also find Revelations on Pippa.io. And you can find the sports one that I do, the one that started it all, <laughs> uh, Cold Sports, at ColdSportsWithAZ.com. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's Cold Sports. <laughs> you can find that at ColdSportsWithAZ.com. <laughs> Man, all right. Definitely go and check them out. You got to support them. Got to love them. Uh, you guys already know where you can follow me. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow this podcast at Awaken Soul Pod. And then lastly, go to TheBreaksMediaNetwork.com yes. where you can find merch for this podcast, links to every podcast that's on the network, 
any announcements that we do, it's all going to be filtered in through that website. So make sure you go out and check out all the beautiful black ass creatives that are part of this wonderful network. This has been The Awakened Soul, and we are out. Peace. This is a world premiere. This is a world premiere. I have been through a whole lot. Trial, tribulation, but I know God. Satan wanna put me in a bow tie. Pray that the holy water don't go dry, yeah, yeah. As I look around me, so many motherfuckers wanna tell me. But they don't make them never drown me. In front of a dirty double mirror, they felt me. And I love myself. The world is a ghetto, big guns and big What you, gonna what you gonna do? Lift up your head and keep moving. Keep moving. Or let the paranoia haunt you. Haunt you. Peace to fashion, police, I wear my heart. On my sleeve, let the runway start. You know the miserable, do love company. What do you want from me and my scars? Everybody lack confidence. Everybody lack confidence. How many times my potential was anonymous? How many times the city making me promises? So I promise this. I love myself. The world is a ghetto, big guns, a dicky I love myself. Full of fiend and a bottle full of lean and a model on a scheme, yeah. These days of frustration keep y'all on tuck in rotation. I duck these cold faces, post up feed five four for faces. Dreams are reality's peace. Blow steam in the face of the beast. The sky can fall down, the wind can cry down. The strong in me, I still smile. I love myself. The world is a ghetto, big guns and dickies. I love myself, but they can do what they want.